Welcome back to another episode of the Your Houston Podcast. This is your host, Mario Castillo, and our co-host, Nick Hall, is a little under the weather, so he won't be here today, unfortunately, but he will be back soon. Today, we're going to talk to Alex Daly, the Vice President of Community Engagement for Big Brothers Big Sisters Houston, and we're going to talk all about mentorship and the impact it has on kids and how this ties into quality of life issues here in Houston. It's something that might not be an obvious connection, uh, but I think you'll see that there's a, a direct connection and a big impact. And we're excited to hear more about it and learn more about Big Brothers Big Sisters Houston. We're very excited to be joined today by Alex Daly, the Vice President of Community Engagement for Big Brothers Big Sister Houston. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. We're glad you're taking time out of your day to speak with us, and, and we're excited to talk about uh, your role and the organization that you work for. But first, we have to do our liftoff round. All right. I feel the liftoff. The clock has started. Roger. All right. So if you get to go anywhere tonight for dinner in Houston... We're going to cover the meal. What are you going to order? Where are you going to go? Oh, man. I am a classics guy. I am probably going to go get fajitas at El Tiempo. Just, But I'm going to dine in because I haven't been able to do that in such a long time. In a normal world, I would be dining in at El Tiempo. Victor would be my server. I'd have probably five or nine margaritas. That, yeah, that sounds like pre-COVID right there. <laughs> uh, dreams. <laughs> well, okay. Speaking of pre-COVID, let's stick on that theme. If once things, you know, settle down, airline travel is back to normal, countries are open, where's the first place you're going to go on vacation? Yeah, people have asked this question. I, um, I got to get out west, um, Colorado, Wyoming, Jackson Hole. Um, you know, the, if the world is my oyster, we were in Australia right before lockdown. We actually flew back the day before the European shutdown. So... You know, if I could go back to anywhere quickly, I'd go back to Australia. Australia. Well, Jackson Hole is on my list of places to visit. Uh, I've heard nothing but great things, and it looks it looks beautiful. Yeah, it's definitely on the list. Okay. Um, what's your favorite thing about Lubbock, Texas? Ooh. <laughs> favorite thing about Lubbock, Texas is probably Texas Tech University. Okay. Um, where I attended undergrad. Um it was a very unique experience for me being a Houston boy going out to West Texas, where it is very much a different culture and a different reality. But um, Texas Tech served me well and was largely a launch launching pad for a lot of the, the great things that came after it for me. Texas Tech, the crown jewel of Lubbock. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, what's the last book that you read? The last book that I read is probably Michelle Obama's Becoming, and it took me a while to get through it. Um, currently reading Creativity, Inc., which is a fascinating story about the former CEO of Pixar and just how he manages teams and, and manages creative personalities um, in a way. But Michelle Obama's Becoming is so, 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 so good. <laughs> I've heard some amazing things. Is uh, Barack Obama's book also on your list? So I have started it. It is a long one. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, I, and you've got to dedicate a significant amount of time to getting through that book. Um, 
I'm trying to become a better reader. So I think first step in doing that is realizing I shouldn't manage multiple books at a time. Um, so I'm, it's on the list. I own the book. It's actually right behind me. Um, but I have not really dove into it yet. And it's, it's like part one of three or something, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Which honestly he could do a full blown encyclopedia version of his presidency. And I'd listen and learn all of it because it was so, so well done. Okay. Last question. So if you could have a conversation with anyone past or present, who would you choose? Gosh. Um, you know, I think there are so many civil rights issues that have resurfaced in ways that history would recognize. I think it would be just really interesting to see like what a Martin Luther King Jr. would have to say about the outcries of this moment. Um, just because I, again, I think history would recognize what we're going through right now. And, and him specifically would understand that this is truly the public crying for justice um, in, in the way that we only can in 2021. Yeah. And it's interesting you bring that up. Uh, I was just doing some research and, and getting exposed to James Baldwin and some of the, the things that he brought up could be applied today. It's almost, yeah. it's almost like the issues are still there. We're still fighting the same battles. And while we've made a lot of progress, you know, at the end of the day, those things are still front and center, the issues that, that we need to be working on. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's unfortunate, but it's true. It, history has a way of repeating itself, but hopefully we can attack this in the same way we did in the in the past. Hopefully. Well, I think I think that's a good segue into why you're here and uh what Big Brothers Big Sister Houston uh can do and and how it helps to address some of those things. Could you tell us uh more about your role and and the organization? Yeah, so my role is vice president of community engagement, as you said, and it, it really is everything that is not child facing. So I don't work on program delivery. We have an incredible team led by our market president, Alice Dean Turnbull, um, that really help us execute program delivery of one-to-one -one mentoring. So that's what Big Brothers Big Sisters is. We are the nation's largest and Houston's largest one-to-one -one mentoring organization. So you'll, you'll notice I kind of zoomed in on that one-to-one -one piece, which is really different for us. Every child that we serve is served by one compatible adult. So it really creates an intentionality, consistency, and, and a personal touch to the way that mentoring is done. We don't provide a curriculum, we don't provide a rubric, and we certainly don't tell mentors to aim for one outcome or aspire for one way of it to end. Um, we ask them to get to know the child, to show up for the child, and then to kind of help that child walk along the path that's, that's already destined for them. I mean, every kid is born with unique potential. It's just a matter of an adult and all of the adults, frankly, in their lives, helping them tease out what they need to so that they can achieve that. And that, that's really what Big Brothers Big Sisters is. It's putting one more adult in the corner of a child. Gotcha. Okay. And so you, you talk about one-to-one -one mentorship. Is there uh, you know, data you could share or could you talk to the impact that that one-to-one -one mentorship has on a child? Why that's so important? Yeah, we have tons of outcomes, some that are 
kind of very scientific related to like school school competency and a, a child's ability to not just continue to show up for school, but to actively participate in school because there's some some level of accountability within a big asking him questions alongside their parents. I mean, their parents are the true heroes of our program. But one of the most incredible statistics about Big Brothers Big Sisters is that 97.5% of kids who graduate from our program and have been with a mentor for six months or longer are either enrolled, enlisted, or employed following that graduation. Wow. And that is just huge. Again, it speaks to the fact that we don't have one like predefined goal of them going to college, of them becoming some type of employed status. We just really want them to attach themselves to where they're kind of destined to go. And I think that statistic speaks to that better than, than any of the others. Absolutely. So given that, you know, there's such a, a high level of success to this, to this model, are y'all meeting the needs for mentorship currently? Do you have uh, a need for more mentors? Uh, what's that look like? The answer to your question is just a huge no. And and that's not a testament to any kind of failure on Big Brothers Big Sisters behalf. The need will never go away. We have a waiting list in this city of over 700 kids. And those are kids who have raised their hand, started our enrollment process, consulted with their parents and said, I want a mentor. Not need, but want a mentor. Um, and we just can't recruit the necessary, the number of necessary adults we need to serve that list. And I'll just be frank with you, Mario, that list is predominantly young boys. Um, and we need male mentors. We are constantly in need of more male mentors. But you know, for every adult male we recruit, we probably recruit five adult women. So we really need the men of the city to step up, raise their hand and um, become mentors, because it's certainly the best thing I've ever done. And, and it will be the best thing you've ever done. Well, let's put out a call right now to anyone who's watching or listening, you know, to answer that, answer that, that challenge to step up. And if they're able to be a mentor, how could they do that? We could uh, throw a link up on our video that'll take them straight to uh, a, a website that will allow them to find out more information. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. It's www.bbbstx.org. Once you're at that website, you'll click the be a mentor button. It will give you all of the brief information you need to know what you're stepping into, which is really just a four hour each month requirement for you to interact with a child. We ask you to know nothing is changing in your life for a year that would cause you to move or, or significantly change your, your standing. And then we ask you to complete an application in our enrollment process. One of the other things that makes Big Brothers Big Sisters different, Mario, is that we really we really interview you. We want to know you. And that's because we do the same thing with the child. And when we make those matches based off compatibility and proximity, because it's important to note, we won't match you with somebody who's more than five or 15 minutes away from your house. Houston's a big city. We're not going to match somebody in Galveston and somebody with Sugarland. Right. Um, but when we do that compatibility piece, we actually match based off what we know you are as a person and we've identified they are as a person and really try to identify some kind of consistent themes or maybe some paths that you have walked or encountered that they are likely to encounter themselves based off their family's dynamics. So once you complete that enrollment process, we'll make that match and then we'll support you every step of the way. Every match we create has a match support specialist that's assigned to the match and available all the time for any questions that may arise throughout the duration of that relationship. Okay. And is there, so let's say, for example, I apply to be a mentor. 
Is there any financial commitment on my end to, to be a mentor? No, not at all. It's actually one of the like little known facts about big brothers, big sisters. It does. It costs nothing to be a big, we actually actively discourage bigs from spending money. And I'll just go back. Like, let's not talk about this as hypotheticals. Like when you sign up to be a mentor at bbbstx.org, then you can ask me all those questions and we'll get you matched really, really quickly. Excellent. So we'll, we're definitely going to help uh, try and, and facilitate some some folks uh, signing up because it's such an important and valuable uh, experience. And you've already spoken to how effective it is at positively impacting uh, a young person's yeah. life. So we here at you, your Houston, we're a local quality of life nonprofit. Um, do you see quality of life issues like mobility, housing, transportation, resiliency, impacting uh, your organization in any way or, or your ability to effectively, you know, facilitate mentorships? Mario, it's a, it's a great question. And the answer is a resounding yes. Um, you know, one of the things I'm most proud about with Big Brothers Big Sisters is that these families invite us into their homes and into their lives and and kind of give us the ability to see their perspective and their realities. Um, and as it relates to quality of life issues, there's there's not one that I don't think a family in our mission struggles with or would need improvement around. So it, it's not only do we see them, but we know that that need is unmet and constantly in working with huge partners like the United Way and partners all across the city, we're trying to create opportunities for our matches to experience um, s- some of those quality of life aspects that that some may enjoy and others may not have access to. So do we see them? Absolutely. And every chance we get, we try to recommend a resource for them to, to achieve our, our experience, the aspects some may know. Mm-hmm. And it, it does impact every family, every individual uh, in a different way. And because oh everyone's gosh. quality of life can, can vary to a degree. And so mm-hmm. while mobility for me might be one thing, mobility for someone else could be a totally different, uh, totally different experience. And for folks that depend on the bus or that ride a bike, their mobility quality of life is a certain, uh, experience. And so, you know, we, we try to really just activate individuals who are passionate about issues or maybe who don't know how to, to get involved at the local level, whether it's the city, Mm -hmm. the County or the school board, to really, you know, inform them and then and then give them the tools necessary to go and, and get involved and and spur yeah. that engagement at the local government level, where honestly, you know, the decisions that they make impact your life more so than than at the state or the federal level. Oh my gosh, Mario! I I think it's incredible what you all do, and I think it's also just, you know, when when you meet these families and you understand their quality of life issues, it's, it's important to also note that they're, they're working their butts off trying to get around those issues. And, you know, they often need to help organizing or help finding them their, their way to the forums with which they can be heard or in which they can be heard. So I think it's so important to get in there, to activate them, to empower them, to, to speak to the issues that really impact their lives. I mean, my little, had to take a ridiculously long bus ride to get to his public school when I first met him so many years ago. And just hearing the way that his grandmother had to drop him off here so he could catch the city bus here that would put him at the bus stop here so that he could get to this school all the way over there. It was just like, 
I mean, that, that it was way too much for her to have to do every school day. Yep. So, I mean, we're, we're very aware of it and what you guys are doing and, and getting them more engaged and adding their voices is so important. So one question, how has uh, COVID impacted y'all as an organization and, and your ability to facilitate mentorships? Uh, have, have the mentorships moved to Zoom or, or what's, what's been the workaround there? Yeah, so we serve in Houston about 500 what we call community-based match, matches, which is where mentors and children are just connected and can do any real activity that is approved by the, the parent and the organization. Um, and most of that is in-person stuff. So immediately upon you know lockdowns and things of that nature, we restricted all of that type of connectivity. Most of those matches had already been together and already were using digital communication to stay in touch, such as texting. So they easily just transitioned their meetings to like FaceTimes or things of that nature. Um, for new matching, which this is incredible that Big Brothers Big Sisters was able to pivot so quickly. We started executing new matches in a digital setting, virtually, online, via Zoom. So we continued matching children with adults. Um, and then... One of the things that I'm very proud of, because we're constantly trying to seek efficiency and, and effectiveness in our enrollment process, is we started executing our volunteer interviews just like this. So our enrollment specialists could be available for you or whomever was applying at their time. They didn't have to meet at our office. They didn't have to go to a you know private location. We were able to do it live whenever they were available. And that has just created so much efficiency and, and really cut down the amount of time it takes for somebody to start the process of becoming a big and get matched to a child. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been difficult. We're an in-person mission. We're, we're excited about the vaccine. We are excited for our families to get access to the vaccine. And um, we're excited for these kids to get back in school and, and life to get back to to in-person connectivity because that's the best form. Absolutely. So even in the current climate, you can still, you know, onboard as a mentor, get matched and, and do your mentorship despite sort of uh, the pandemic restrictions. Yeah. I mean, the mission continues. Like I said, we, the day we meet the need would be the day that we start seeking children aggressively because we have just overwhelming amount of adult mentors. Um, so we've got to keep matching these kids because they need us now more than ever. So let's fast forward a bit to sort of a post-COVID world. How um, or what, what do things look like for y'all? Will there be events that people can go to uh, to support or uh, just maybe informational? Um, will things sort of stay the same for a while in terms of the new system y'all have transitioned to? Yeah, that's a great question. And we are excited to get there. Um, I'll hit the first piece first. So we are planning for two in-person fundraising events for 2021. Um, all nonprofits in Houston have been hit dramatically by the lack of in-person fundraising. It just has been devastating to so many. So Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and I'm certainly every nonprofit is excited to see those coming together toward the, the middle to end of 2021. We'll be doing a golf tournament on May 17th. And last, our big event is an evening for potential. It's at our building, which is a brand new kind of modern space just outside of downtown. And we kind of transform it for an evening to be a formal affair and just an incredible celebration of our mission. And that's on November 13th. You can also find information at bbbstx.org on any of those. And then just for your listeners benefit, 
Big Brothers Big Sisters has over 15 what we call Beyond School Walls programs, which is where we have partnered with schools to bring children into their offices, match them with a working employee of that corporation, and then bring them there on a twice a month basis. So what that allows is consistency. It really is buy-in from the employer cor corporate partner that they want that aspect to exist within their corporate culture. Um, and if any of your listeners are inter interested in that program or just having us come bring you guys lunch, recruit your employees to be mentors, um, be in touch. Again, you can find us at bbstx.org. My name is Alex Daly, and I'd love to start a program. Wonderful. We'll we'll put resources up on our our video that help link to those things. And I think we definitely need to keep the conversation going between Big Brothers Big Sisters Houston and your Houston because there seems to be a lot of synergy in the work uh, that we're doing with quality of life issues. The work that y'all are doing yeah. with mentorships uh, and and some areas where we can help each other uh, out there. Awesome. We'd we'd love to. All right. So we're going to move on to our final question of the interview. This is our Houston. We have a problem segment. Okay. Houston, we've had a problem here. This is Houston. Say again, please. Uh, Houston, we've had a problem. All right. So according to the Big Brothers, Big Sisters website, your favorite movie as a kid was Little Giants. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for our question, you have been hired to produce the 2021 remake of Little Giants. What oh, are you uh, going to do? Are you going to change anything? Who are you cast in? What's, what's your thought process? Oh my gosh. First of all, it, it should absolutely happen. It is a classic <laughs> and, and would be a massive success. Um, gosh, I would not change much. I mean, it's such a current movie. I mean, Icebox is such a strong female lead, really, really kind of <laughs> leading the pack. She's teaching those boys how to do everything. And we all know women run the world. Um, I think, you know, there's, there's a ton of people who would love to play that role. Young ladies that are currently pop sensations or something of that nature. Um, I'm, I'm struggling to come up with a name right now as, as I banter, um, <laughs> I, I think, but no, I mean, the movie is such an underdog story, uh, you know, like a ragtag group of, of kids that, that really have no interest in sports, but find it in their synergy and in their team to, to take on those kind of, you know, established mm -hmm. folks. And there's, there's so much energy right now against the establishments that I think it would resonate again with kids that, you know, you, you put a, you put the right group of kids together, they can achieve, um, as long as they are committed to teamwork and, and accentuating each other's positives. Are you bringing back Ed O'Neill? <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, you, you, you know, you know, like every good remake, every single one has like those anchoring characters and, I, I don't think it's done well unless they're also included. So yeah, Ed O'Neill comes comes back. Um, gosh, I'd like to track down like where's Icebox today? Uh -huh. where, where are some of those kids? <laughs> like you know, it's like classic like TMZ clickbait. Like where are they now? I'd yep. love to, I'd love to I'd love to bring some of them back too. They could probably use a remake. 
Well, if any producers are out there listening, we've got some great yeah. ideas here for a little Let's Giants remake. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we appreciate uh, you coming on and talking about all the great work Big Brothers, Big Sisters Houston is doing and how folks can get involved, how they can support what we have to look forward to. Uh, and I think this is just the beginning of a, a more, you know, a longer conversation between our organizations. Yeah, Mario, it was an absolute pleasure. Enjoy this beautiful weekend. And truly, anybody who is interested in learning more about becoming a big, we have a ton of children waiting, and I'm certain that we have the exact right one for you. So reach out, bbbstx.org. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mario. Thanks so much, Alex, for taking time to talk with us about the important work of Big Brothers, Big Sisters Houston. And be sure to check out their next charity event, May 17th, Swing for Kids Sake Golf Tournament. And you can find more information on their website at bbbstx.org. Be sure to give us a like and a subscribe and check out our Facebook page at Your Houston. And plenty of resources for you at yourhouston.com, our website, where you can find our previous episodes and other links that we've put up. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. 